the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Slap and tickle Chicago drive time, baby. 312-642-5600. Some of the best costumes of any office I've ever seen. I mean, am I right? Jim went as uh, Richard Simmons, from what I can tell, and I was going to wear my Dolomite costume. Venus, I'm so glad I didn't because I couldn't find the cane and you look wonderful. Instead, I'm going as a straight capitalist from Oak Park. Like the spotted owl. Nobody ever sees one. Very, very rare, if you can find one. And Lori Lightfoot went as a doormat. Did you ever see a derriere kicking such as that? How she could show her face. I have her envisioned getting the snow off Sharky's car. Just do what I tell you to do. It was great. All the bravada. She's going to really make a difference. She's going to make a difference, all right, to your real estate values in Chicago. There's the difference. Because those son of a guns. You know, I couldn't help but notice. It was uh, the, the Greek girl had the flipping show on HGTV in Chicago. It was last year. My wife, you know, with that HGTV, they love the HGTV. And the, the Greek girl, she's from Chicago, and she's going to come back. She's going to flip homes. It's going to be great. And at the end of every show, they never sold. It's like HGTV all over the country, very successful. They flip the homes. They tell you how much they make. Yet in Chicago, she flipped nothing. You're paying taxes, toots. How's the flipping going? And in the meantime, you just saw the property values. I mean, I'm sure we could have the, the, uh, the limousine liberal or the Mercedes Marxist from Lincoln Park say, it's not so bad, Montesquieu. In my neighborhood, Charles, everything sells great. It's about a six-block radius, dummy. Just take a look around. On the west side, you could buy a two-flat for what you pay for a Toyota. It's ridiculous. So there's what Lori Lightfoot guaranteed is the collapse of real estate values. And I understand the Michigan Avenue Marxists, they're going to be fine. Astor Street, probably going to hang on. Although I do hear there's a couple of mansions going up for auction. That's when you have so much money. You know what that is, kid? That's when you have so much money, you just want the write-off. Just sell the dog, for God's sakes, and stop paying the money. So like every socialist country, like every socialist community, the classes separate. And the people who are too rich to be affected by the economy, they're always going to do okay. Those are normally trust fund babies, and most of them are self-loathing. But then there's the rest of the people. Those are who's going to pay for Lori Lightfoot's inability, inability, to protect the people against communism and to protect the citizens of Chicago. Now, here's what she used to say. I can't hear it. Can you hear it? It's all kinds of buttons. I knew when you were playing with the buttons. What did I tell you? Stop playing with the buttons. All right. Can I hit a button now? Okay. Uh, give me Lightfoot, the one that's 6 seconds and 84 seconds. I mean, uh, 684 on the end. The people are waiting. What I'm not willing to do is to take it or leave a unilateral demand. If they want to come to the table in a spirit of compromise, I'm certainly willing to listen. Now, you know the best part about communists? Their idea of compromise 
It's not really our idea of what compromise is. This is my argument when I hear this word. This is normally something you hear from the Republicans. But for this particular argument, Lori Lightfoot will be playing the Republicans. And whenever you hear that word compromise, that's not something you do with principles. It's not something you do with policy. That's something you do with your wife or your husband. You can only compromise with people you love. When it comes to policies, people who are wrong have nothing to give up. So Lori Lightfoot went from that very staunch position. She's not going to compromise whatsoever. All the way to this. Um, in, the interest, in the interest of our, our students and our parents who have been suffering, it was important to me to make sure that we got our kids back in class. Enough is enough. And so in the spirit of compromise, we agreed. It was a hard-fought discussion. It took us a lot <laughs> of time this. to get there. But I think this is the right thing ultimately for our city. And I'm glad that this phase is over. So we need to get back to work. We need to get our kids back. So not only do they get the kicker to a hundred grand a year, they get paid for this picnic they had for eleven days, <laughs> dancing in the streets. You can't write this up any better to show how a society, how a city, collapses into bankruptcy. You can't write it up. And the whole time, it was always using those poor little kids as the virtue shields that they've always been used for when it comes to the communist school system. Although today was a little different. Today really wasn't about the kids. Today, Sharky pulled off the, the mask of communism. Well, we're not, gonna get, we're not going back to work unless we're paid for what we just did. He knuckled you under proving that the entire nonsense about how this negotiation was for the children and for the betterment of society, and it's a social safety net. It's not about that at all. Behold the true face of greed. And guess what you did? You funded it. Whether you wanted to or not, you're paying for this in more ways than tax increases. This is what the talking mannequins on Channel 9 and 7 and whatever buffet they have over at 5, this is what they'll avoid telling you. Sure, it's going to cost money in the beginning, but the ramifications of these actions are why the city of Chicago is an ever-growing ghetto. This is why. And all this kind of an agreement did was double down on the certainty of the future collapse. That's it. And then today, what your Illinois politicians did, this I find fascinating, because I believe it was called the Janus who took on this, the state of Illinois unions, Janus, and he beat him, went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Today, the Illinois House passes a bill to make it harder for public employees to leave unions or recover fees. SB 1784 would hurt workers trying to stop paying union dues, giving unions greater access to them and their personal information. This is what it looks like when a government colludes with the most corrupt aspect it can, organized crime in the form of extortion, labor extortion. And this is where this all sways down to, because no one talked during this teacher strike about the teachers that didn't want to go on strike and how they were intimidated and bullied. Even there was a woman punched in the face, allegedly. This is what unions are. Organized crime. And in the city that is more mobbed up than New York and New Jersey, this is where they thrive, baby. This is winning. The kids aren't going to get any smarter. In fact, if you look at their contract, they get less time with the teacher. The teacher gets more prep time. Hmm, what's prep time? You mean when the teachers, who, when I grew up, when they did the work 
before and after school. Now that's during school. And they get more help. And what do those help? What does it help? What is, what is the catch to be in the school system? You got to join the union. And the union is funneled more strength, more people who pay dues, more clout, more votes. This is the most corrupt city, open and notorious, and loving every minute of it. Because you know what? For a hundred years, you voted for this skullduggery. And you'll do it for a hundred more. Now, what they've set the table for is Cobblepot Pritzker. Jelly Belly. What do you think he went for today? What was his costume? Halloween. How about the Kool-Aid guy? Right? Just put him all in a red jumpsuit. He could be the Kool-Aid man. He's going to make it very soon. It'll be apparent that all the people who think they avoided this in Illinois, you think you're just getting hurt by the Illinois low-life politicians? No, no, no. You mark my words. It will be very soon and very short. There will be a rule. You're starting to hear about it now where the people of Illinois will be paying for this contract. And that's how the West Side home prices, that's how they spread all the way out to the border. Because this is what they have to do. Because the plans of the system they tell you are going to rescue are going to hurt the economy. They're going to hurt the citizens of Chicago. They're relying on drugs and gambling, just like the mafia. Organized extortion labor and protection, just like the school unions did and proved what happens when you don't go with them. Now how are they going to fund it? Just like Giancana would. Let's do a little drug sales. Let's do a little gambling. I mean, all you need now is a coffee room. Let's just start pouring espresso. We'll put those funny hats on our head and start giving ourselves nicknames. What do you say? Because that's how it really works. And this is how it's always going to come out right here. The people are going to underwrite it. The people are going to pay for it. Because you know how, to, how they, they hide the gaming revenue? They only talk about the fact it's made billions and billions and billions of dollars. They only control the licensing. They are not speaking of how it's destroying lives. Who do you think gambles? How many gambling houses you see in Hinsdale or Oak Brook? How many? Not many. Because they're too smart to gamble. They put it in neighborhoods where the people are dumb and desperate. It's the double D of taxation. And that has a way of doubling down. It makes everything worse, from health care to housing and everything in the middle. Their plan to destroy society and profit from it is working fantastic. And now they just got a 25% raise. 100000 a year to work eight months and put your feet up and wait for something to hurt you to take a sick day. It's absolutely disgusting. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. Extravaganza. Thinking about gaining 30 pounds. I'm going to go as a union member. What do you think of that? Huh? See, everybody says, you know, I get all the texts on my buddies because I worked in the union. You wouldn't know it. They all say, what are you wrong with you? you? I've been saying this for years. Any system that doesn't reward achievement, that in fact detours it, any system that would pay everybody equally is not just a socialist system. It's a system that is destined to fail. It is a system that p- pits the worker against the employer. It's everything that's wrong with labor. And it's why America was losing the labor movement, the labor wars, the, the, the manufacturing. It's everything. And no one recognizes it. UAW is one of my favorite examples. They suck. And if it wasn't subsidized, 
if it wasn't municipal purchased, they couldn't exist. And we still bail them out every six years. Now they're bailout, bailout. It's all a scam. You ever did the numbers, you'd see that they're completely bankrupt. And in the meantime, car companies come out of nowhere, non-union, and they take the market. You know why? They reward production. They reward success. Unions penalize success. And there's a lot of union guys out there right now that know what I'm talking about, and they're just too afraid to say it. How many times does your guy tell you, don't work too hard? Oh, 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 what are you doing? Got a break coming up. Don't talk to me like I'm from Pluto, kid. I grew up in this. You better recognize what's wrong with it, and you better change it. Because you can't keep subsidizing and losing it, even when Republicans tell you to do so. It's a crying shame. Nobody's got the testicle fortitude to say the truth. They're destroying the workforce. It isn't China. It isn't trade. It isn't anything other than unions who hold those jobs to where you got to play ball, baby. That's how you pay them off. Think about an entire industry that was carved out of extorting the worker and the employer, and they call themselves union management. It's sickening to me that you can't recognize it for what it is, let alone focus on how much better everything would be if the relationship between the employer and the employee were, 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 were just that. If you were able to reward the employee. In the meantime, you got government in the way, you got unions in the way, you got taxes, you got hidden taxes, you got payroll tax, you got FICA, you got your insurance premiums. Average person, now with Obamacare, 20 grand a year your company pays to insurance. Wouldn't they rather give that to you? All of it, they'd rather give to you. Instead of the fat derriere union BA driving around making 200000 a year at a union boss, where do you think that money comes from? It comes out of your pocket. Sharky, the biggest scumbag in the world, Marxist, he's down with the struggle with the people. His wife is the heiress to Carnival cruise ships. Are you nuts? He lives in a $2 million house. He's not a man. Yet, let alone he's got them all, they're all following his lead. How stupid are people? All right. Randy, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? You know the problem with this contract to me? I live in northwest Indiana. Uh All the people that ultimately are going to do the mass exodus to northwest Indiana are going to continue to vote the same way, turning my home into the mess that they got. So I I am sick of these contracts because I'm the guy that gets sucked into the suffrage. Brother, who are you talking to? I hear you, babe. Listen, I completely hear you. I'm with you. I'm trying to get a radio show and speak the truth. How, what are the odds of that happening? I hear you, brother. But what's the, you know why? Because we're all not talking about it. It is because the character of society is gone. You're arguing t- with teachers. You're arguing with insurance and doctors and lawyers. And they're telling you how virtuous this is. This is an argument that on its face, all anyone has to do is give an 8th grader a newspaper. Pick a school. Look at the reality of our society. As these are kids killing other kids. You don't think it has to do with a failed system? You don't think it has to do with a system that's geared towards rewarding failure? Look at the money they make. Why do you think there's this big push? And here's another thing that goes without being said. Why is there such a big push to get all of the kids on ADD medication? Because, and, and what do they call it? IEP, their own individual number. Why? Because the school makes money. 
They don't care about the kid. How many of us who are over 40, what'd the teacher say? Ah, oh, he's a little rambunctious. He's hyper. Some of the best people in the world have ADD that was never treated with anything other than success. Show me, would, would, there, would we have such a thing as a renaissance man if they had ADD medication? What do you think Da Vinci would have done if we would have hit him down with Ritalin? For God's sakes, you destroy the very fabric of society. All right, Darren, how are you, buddy? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, great. How are you doing today? Great. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a union carpenter. I've been in a trade union for 30 years. The guys and gals I work with are hard workers. And uh, when we ask, when we, we go in for our negotiations, they're reasonable negotiations. These teachers were offered 16% over three years. That's over 5% a year. And they turned it down. What they got was ridiculous. Now, Darren, uh, it should be something that's in, that's in line with cost of living and, and not something that's ridiculous. Darren, I, now listen, before we get started, I agree with you, okay? I do. But let's talk a little bit about what your situation is. On these big jobs, how do these unions shake down the owners and drive up costs? How do, let me ask you this. Well, I'm the, from Indiana. I, I'm not from Chicago. Oh, okay. I, I don't know that the uh, unions see? work here the same as they do in the big cities. Well, that's true, but do the BAs hold their jobs and, and hold, them, hold you out so they could hire their moron cousin who sits with a cork on his fork at Thanksgiving? Because that's how they work in Illinois. You know, 30 years ago when I got in, it was, it was the good old boy system, but it's not so much like that anymore. It's an electronic system where you're sent out uh, you know, electronically uh, through the union halls. And a lot of times, you know, these teachers with the work stoppage, the labor unions are signing uh, project labor agreements with these bigger jobs so that there are no work stoppages because of, uh, because of labor disputes or money disputes. So in northwest Indiana, they're doing what they have to do to keep the unions strong, but keeping their, their name good well, as well and giving the client what they're paying for. Uh, that's why I don't like working in Illinois. So let me ask you this, Darren. Say, say I show up on a job site. I got my little tool belt, my hammer. You and I work together. And you're putting up 5, 10, 15 times the work that I am, right? I'm hitting the nail on the head. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm slow. I'm dragging the job down. I drop the paint all over. Do I make the same as you if we're both union carpenters? Uh, if, we're, if, if we're both journeyman carpenters, yeah, yeah, we do. Oh. And that's, uh, that's a flaw. But, you know, our union, but, well, I understand that. You know, and that's, that's my job as a, as, as a superintendent to try to, partner up my more productive guys with my least less productive guys so I get a good cohesive uh, pair there. You, you know what uh, you know what does that, I, Darren? I, I, Darren, you know what does that? What that? has a tendency to do that? Capitalism. Where you were able to pay some of the carpenters you preferred to work with a little bit more than just everybody else. You see the system, I agree. The, Darren, and, 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 the, and the ramifications of this system that has been in place in America for 70 years have distorted the costs of everything, brother. And until we are able to strip it away and the Darrens of the world are able to profit on their old, own production, we're just running in circles, babe. I appreciate it, Darren, and you're right. Oh, I hung up on him. But thank you very much. I truly do appreciate that call. But isn't it enlightening? How do you have a system that doesn't reward a hard worker for his production and call it anything other than rigged? That's socialism. And whether it's in carpentry, bricklaying, putting together Chevys that suck, or teaching kids who, whether they read or not, whether they achieve or not, it's a flaw. And it's a system that corrupt states and cities. Instead of fighting it, they make you underwrite it. Like little Lori Lightfoot. In her, in her uh, what, what do you think she wanted us today? I'm curious. I mean, it's got to be a doormat. Why couldn't it just put a big black blanket that says welcome on there? 
She's a doormat. These Sharky ran circles. What didn't they get? Is there anything that they wanted that they didn't get? It? Why don't you throw in drinks? Drinks are on the house. It's like watching Goodfellas. It's just sickening to me. All right, I, I, I'm going to get Bob because he's been on the line a long time. Bob, you got to hurry. We got to go to a break. Bob, how are you, buddy? Hey, re- real good. Hey, this is all rigged. I mean, this is one union crime boss covering for another. They're both they're both public uh, union members. They're they're while they're feigning that uh, they're ringing you know ringing the wrists about you know how they're going to save money. Yeah. Eventually, they break down and they give each other exactly what they want. That's it's a, a big, very good it's a point. Big joke. It's a very good point. That's because how do those negotiations go, Bob? You know how they go? Could you pass me to beer nuts? Three one two, six four two, fifty six hundred. We'll be back after this. Tell you, the havoc me and my friends created on Halloween in our neighborhood, are you nuts? I mean, it was insanity. Eggs, egged everybody. Police, the whole nine yards. Oh, I did. Absolutely. It was a punk. And you know what? It was fun. But when I was a punk, no one got killed. No, no, no. A couple people might have got thrown off their five-speed. You know, the old Schwinn with the banana seat? Sure, why not? Bound to happen. All right. So uh, we're going to dive a little bit into the, uh, into the impeachment hearing. I've been listening to a lot of the echo chamber stuff, and I think they're missing the picture. I really do. And what do, what do I mean about that? I always thought that a wrongful prosecution could really benefit people. It really, throughout history, if you look at it throughout history, it has rebounded people to where, if listen, I think Trump is probably right in what he says. So let's hear everything. That's why I loved when he, he declassified the call or whatever it was. Then I found out it wasn't the whole call. Well, disappointing. And, you know, I said, it might be great. Let's find out if you can blame the process. I don't use the cough button. I cough. People want it real, baby. Cough right in the mic. Anyway, because it's the process where the fun is. It's the process where you say, look it. Now, I can point to 15 different, maybe 50 different occasions where Adam Schiff with that little pencil neck with that bobblehead, he's, you know, you could look at the guy, shut up, shut up, liar. You know, I can't look at him. And I think it's great for the people who can recognize that. Ultimately, I want to argue about the actual process and what is the, at question, what was done. And by the way, is this modus operandi for all politicians? Is this how our foreign policy works? See, because that's how I think it works. I think whether it's Barack Obama, Donald Trump, George Bush, or whoever, that it's done by this, this back-end bribery. That after the, the Congress does what it's going to do and allocates X amount of dollars, I think whoever sits in that seat gets to knuckle under foreign governments for their agenda. I think it happened with Barack Obama. I think it happened with George W. Bush. I think this is how wars keep going on. I think this is how money is spread around. I think the entire system is corrupt. And I had optimism that this guy who never was in it would spot it and reject it. And I thought maybe this this attempt at wrongful prosecution would vindicate him. But I can't help but notice they seem to be circling the wagons. Do we have the guest on? They seem to be circling the wagons. So I think uh, we got a guest coming up. Oh, next segment. I think that they're circling the wagons. And I think that the, the, that the Republicans are missing an opportunity 
to really destroy the process and profit from wrongful prosecution. Because if this country is going to do any better, if it's going to just continue on the trajectory of a slow implosion, and we're just going to keep wasting money on foreign policy, we're going to keep with the nonsense wars where half of the time we're not even talking about them anymore. If we're going to keep all this up in the animosity, rather than working through a cohesive, ideological agenda of what is our foreign policy to be? Are we wasting as many trillions as we think we are? Or are we only holding back and giving favoritism to people who give us favors? I think it's a time to completely revamp what most of us don't pay attention to. You're talking about billions and billions and billions. To who? Mainly to people who hate us. Boy, I wish that would stop. You know who summed that up? And, and I know he's, he's, uh, he's not to be spoken of in conservative circles, but I can remember when he was. And I like Judge Napolitano. I really do. And I understand, you know, he's, uh, he's not in with the Trumpers. I get it. And I'm in with the Trumpers on all of the things that Trump's right on and all the things he's wrong on. I, I reject them. But his foreign policy was always my favorite part. I've said on this show for years that I loved Trump's foreign policy. And I was hoping that the evidence would blow up the whole, the whole impeachment thing and Trump would come out. Because like I told you before, I can't be a socialist. I like too many different clothes. I really don't like wearing the same shirt twice. I like capitalism. All right, let's listen to uh, Napolitano. So there are two issues here. One is process. Are the rules being followed? Is all this fair to the president? The other are proofs. What is the evidence of an impeachable act? And is there any... So just... I'm going to interrupt them for a minute. Just think about that for a minute. Rather than just listening, because you've been listening, I get it. The echo chamber, nobody's represented. It's not the right process. Okay, maybe. And that's possibly, and it looks like that. I agree. Schiff is running this like a third world dictator. But isn't it more important that there can be two things at the same time? Defense to it. Well, the proofs have been admitted to by the president. He had the phone call with the president of Ukraine. He did hold up nearly four hundred million dollars in aid. Ukraine is at a war in a war with Russia. Russia seized a, a province of Ukraine in 2014 and has occupied it. And they desperately need the military equipment that the president held up until the Ukrainian president could do a favor for him. And the favor was to investigate an American citizen who happened to be the leading candidate for the Democratic nomination to oppose President Trump's re-election. None of that is in dispute. The question is, does that behavior on the part of the president constitute an impeachable offense? The Republicans' best objective would be to argue that it doesn't. Instead, their arguments are to smear the witnesses that are being in, interrogated in secret and to smear the process. That is crucially important. Did what the president does that constitute impeachment? Because I think they don't want to talk about it because this is how it's been done for 50 years. We've got a guest coming on, by the way, Gabriel Malor. See what I did there? Stretch it out. Malor. Gabriel Maller. This is an attorney, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of those big attorneys, like 700 an hour attorney. So he's going to give you some, you're going to talk to this guy and not get a bill. So listen up. He's a writer at the Washington Examiner. He's a writer on numerous websites. He's uh, been affiliated and an attorney in Washington, D.C., and he will be joining us when we get back. Thank you so much. Always excited. 
when I get to talk to an attorney that would probably cost me 800 an hour, and I, get, I don't get a bill at the end. And normally when I talk to attorneys, there's a guy in a black dress telling me the defendant, please rise. This is a big winner for me so far, let alone that it's Gabriel Maller, an attorney, writer in Washington, D.C., wrote a very interesting article in the Washington Examiner, and I think he's spot on. Gabriel, how are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I appreciate you joining me. Um, Rather than me give a dissertation to the people, why don't you give a dissertation to the people? Because I think your points are exactly the problem and the issue at hand. Right. Well, the thrust of my piece is simply that the House Republicans are failing their jobs. You know, their job at this point is to be is to protect the president, at least do something, have some involvement at this stage of the game before things get moved to the Senate. And I think a lot of a lot of people may not realize, and I think the House Republicans haven't even internalized this. This is the only opportunity they're going to have to be a part of this process. There is no doubt in my mind that the House Democrats are going to pass articles of impeachment. And when they do that, when they get around to doing that, the whole show gets moved over to the Senate. The House is done, and the House Republicans aren't going to get any say about what, what goes on over in the Senate. Gabriel, so if they want to contribute to this process, particularly to the president's defense, they have to act now. Do you think that they don't want to expose exactly what goes on um, behind closed doors? Because this quid pro quo is actually how things have been working for 70 years in Washington, D.C. I think it's actually the system. To to my mind, that would be mitigating evidence for the president. If this is just the way things go, you would think that they they would want to be racking up that evidence. When they say racking up that evidence, the phase of the game that we're in right now is all fact-finding. The Democrats are conducting depositions. They're taking witness statements. The Republicans, to the extent they can, now they, they don't have a lot of power because they're in the minority, but they do have some opportunity, uh, should also be stacking up facts that they hope will help the president down the line when he has to make his defense in the Senate. Facts, like you just said, like, what if this is, this, this is normal? What if this is the normal course of events for 70 years and nothing out of the ordinary? Well, that's something that I would expect the Democrats to minimize, but I would expect House Republicans to maximize. And so far, we're just not seeing that sort of behavior from them. I know um, Leader McCarthy recently announced that they, they want to do more of that stuff, more of the substantive uh, fact-finding rather than the process complaints. But I think the majority of the caucus are still just so focused on the, pro- on the process. All we hear from them is that, oh, this is unfair, or that these subpoenas are invalid, or that people shouldn't be cooperating. Well, the fact of the matter is people are cooperating. They are testifying to, the, to Congress, which means, like I said, House Republicans, if they want to play any role at all, they need to get involved now. And if this were to be exposed, for instance, I've, I've felt that for many years there's a lot of foreign money in American politics. I think there's a lot of a lot of packs we really don't know about where the money comes from, what the deals are cut, how the lobbyists negotiate. We really don't know this. Do you think that they almost just want to do this, to, to have this terrible strategy, A, because they want to lose and B, because they want to protect the system that they seem to profit from immensely. Well, I sure hope they don't want to lose. Um, I, I, you know, that's kind of a conspiratorial mind. Oh, I do conspiracy, that, you know, Gabriel. Republicans... Yeah, I'm all about conspiracies. <laughs> Come on, it's radio, for God's sakes. We've got to talk about Republicans something. Republicans aren't that interested. Well, maybe they're not that interested in defending the president if they think the president can either adequately defend himself, which may very well be the case, um, or if they think it's actually not defensible, if they think, well, the president did it, and at this point it's, you know, maybe not worth my time to step into the line of fire. You know, people who stand up to the president, you know, usually they get him on their side, but they also end up getting targeted uh, by the president's enemies, too. 
Um, so they may not decide. They may decide simply that it's not worth the trouble. So what's the process look like? For those of us that are, you know, we're working, we've got our regular jobs, what's it look like? How long does this process go on? When will we know? And what are the ramifications if he just says, okay, I'm impeached, and the Senate refuses to remove him, he still can run for president again, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, so what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, probably we have two more weeks left of depositions, um, and those are all behind closed doors. The reason for that is that you don't depose people in front of other witnesses because you don't want to cross-contaminate their testimony. That's why you always do depositions behind closed doors. But then the, Senate, excuse me, then the House will have open uh, hearings, probably in the Intelligence Committee, and those will last a couple of weeks, too, um, where they will bring back the witnesses that they want to and get the public statements, which, by the way, I don't know that Republicans have really won anything by, by having these, you know, saying, oh, we, we, we got them to agree to these open-door hearings. You know, when a lieutenant colonel in his dress blues comes into Congress and testifies, oh, yeah, I was there. I was on the call when the president talked about those crimes. I mean, I don't think that's actually helpful to the president. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they could um, be bad, yeah. You know? <laughs> So anyway, so there'll be two weeks of two or three weeks of hearings, um, public hearings, at which point the Democrats will draw up articles of impeachment. We'll no doubt pass them. Again, I have no doubt that Democrats are going to pass articles of impeachment. And at that point, everything gets switched over to the Senate, where the chief justice actually will preside over a trial. Um, and uh, Democrats will present their evidence, and the president will present his defense, and then they'll vote. I remember, um, you know, I was a younger man when, when um, Clinton was impeached, and I remember a sim- similar scenario where they refused to remove him. In fact, he's technically impeached, but he was never removed from office. What do the Correct. Democrats need in order to have him removed? How many Republicans do they need to flip? And don't you think, if you were to just step back for a moment, this could be a great strategy to get your party very involved in the Senate where it looks like they were going to lose for the Democrats. This could be something to really energize those candidates and those those voters. I imagine that's on their minds, yes. Um, so what they, yes, what they need, they need to flip, if all the Democrats stay unified, then they need to flip 20 Republicans. In other words, they have to flip tw- they have to convince 20 Republicans and probably more. Let's be honest. If the Republicans are going to go, they're going to go en masse. They're not going to go just the bare minimum, the bare 20. Mm-hmm. Um, that the president has committed an impeachable offense, a removable offense, something so bad, uh, such an abuse of power that he shouldn't remain in office. Um, but they, like you said, this does have collateral consequences for the election. First of all, because according to the Senate rules and the U.S. Constitution, the senators have to be in Washington for the impeachment trial, which means those Democratic senators that are running for the presidency, uh, they, all have to, they all have to quit their campaigns and come back to Washington for however long the Senate goes on, the, the trial goes on, uh, which is kind of a big deal. You know, if you're trying to convince the voters of Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, and Nevada, the first four states, you really don't want to be in Washington, D.C., you know, dealing with the impeachment of the president. So that, on the Democratic side, they've got some things to worry about. Those uh, senators, Senator Harris, um, and so on okay. and so forth, they've got some problems there. The president, of course, also, you know, it never looks good impeached. You know, you could be yeah. impeached and not removed and say, hey, I was vindicated, therefore let's move forward, and I'm running for, you know, re-election. I, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. I feel, G- like, <laughs> I feel like it looks pretty bad to be impeached. Gabriel, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I truly have had a good time. It was enlightening for the audience. I truly, imp- you know, I appreciate it, but I'm not paying you. Are you okay with that? And then I'm going to have you back on. <laughs> I'm going to have you back on to find out how are you ever going to go back to normal? in Washington, D.C. again. It's going to be so boring. I'm having a great time. Thank you, though, very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. No, we won't.
All right. So listen, here's the real question. What do you think? Does the process trump the facts or will the facts vindicate Trump? See what I did there? A little wordplay. I didn't think I could fit that in with the music and everything. Well, I did. 312-642-5600. I got to tell you, kids. Trump's approach to this. This is a guy with three wives. You got one wife, you know how to argue. You don't back up. No, 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 no. You go forward, baby. And you, you, you do it with a certain, well, of course I told him he better investigate this. Of course he should. It's clear corruption. How in the hell could Joe Biden's son, a moron, thrown out of the military, a little bit of a drug problem. He didn't like cocaine, though. He just liked how it smelled. Thrown out. All of a sudden, he's an executive. Oh, an executive. He couldn't spell executive. If I give him an E and a T, can't put it together. On the board of a corrupt company that the country knows is corrupt. You know it's corrupt. So you better look into this. And then you give him the money and hang the phone up. Done. When you're asked about it, you say, you're damn right. You're damn right I did. They can't do anything right in Ukraine. Small and weak. What are you doing over there? Better straighten your act up. You want stuff from us. Problem over. So now you go about your merry business, right? Take the secretary to lunch. She don't care anymore. That's how you argue. Not all this nonsense. You got these guys running around like morons. And by that, I mean the Republicans. But I can't. You see, I'm, I'm going to correct them. I'm not going to sit idly by because I can't be a victim and just wait to be a socialist. I'm not interested in that. So I need this guy to straighten up and win, baby. Win. Like you want it. Not this nonsense job. Perfect phone call. You told me the stakes were good, too. I ended up giving him a dog. Ridiculous. Listen to the weasel shift. Madam Speaker, I rise in strong support of House Resolution 660. I rise in strong support, but I do not take any pleasure in the events that have made this process necessary. I rise in strong support of the resolution, but I do so with an understanding that the task before us is a solemn one. How each member of this chamber approaches the vote this morning and the days and weeks ahead may be the most important service as members of Congress We will ever pay to the country. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job, dummy. I'll tell you what, I hope the guy who broke pencils on his head in grade school looked just like me. That's what I hope. And the only, uh, you know, and then he's got the, 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 the Keystone cops defending him. Today, the country just witnessed the only bipartisan vote on that floor was against. Huh? The question to the speaker are the same questions I provided in a letter that's another thing. What are you writing About letters for? Process What's it, 1835? You're writing a letter? What Knock has changed since March? Writing a letter. In all the hearings, there's nothing compelling. Huh. Nothing. I can't even put up with the defense. That's 10 seconds. You get to the period. What are you trying to say? And why are they always writing letters? You get out your feather. You're going to write a letter? You nuts. You got phones, cell phones. For Call them up. What the hell are you doing? I wrote a letter. You ever see a group of people 
attempting to look busy accomplishing nothing. Like every government employee, they look real busy, like they walk like the rest of us. In the meantime, they get nothing done. You can't get to the exit sign. Morons. Candace. Or no, Scott. Sorry. Hold on, Candace. Scott, thanks for calling the show. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Sean, I, I, I think, first of all, Trump hasn't done anything that every other president uh, and hasn't done in, in Bingo. their presidency. Bingo. And, and that should be and the defense. Also, he hasn't done anything that the de- all the Democratic candidates are calling for um, right now as a campaign. I think what the what the Dems are going to do is they're, they're going to drag this out until the election, and perhaps they don't want some of their own candidates to be running uh, during the election, and and so that they're going to draw it out and not allow them to to run. See, this is what I like. Uh, their campaigns and hope maybe Hillary will come out of the room. Oh, the Duchess of Chaffington. They're going to have to stretch out her hamstrings. I always thought it was going to be Michelle with the big hands. I thought it was going to be could Michelle. Be her as well. Okay, let me ask you a question cuz I like this. See, this is what I think talk radio should be. What do you think? So, how do you think it shakes out in the end? Do you agree with the attorney? 800 an hour, he's awful smart. Agree with the attorney and he's going to get impeached but he still could win? Or do you think he's impeached and that's it, he loses? What does Scott from the West Side think? No, he'll, I don't think he'll be impeached, and I think he, he'll, he will win re-election. All right, put Scott down. You know, I still didn't send out the shirt to that other guy, that poor guy. I'm sorry, I'm going to get you the shirt tomorrow. Thank you, Scott, for calling the show. See, this is why if I had Slap and Tickle shirts more than the one that was a triple XL, give them away. Can't give them away. All right, Candace, smart enough to move to Wisconsin, although a little, oh, was, little premature. So I'm so glad to hear Scott's voice because I haven't heard him for a while. I love that guy. Yeah, he's good. Very um, smart. Everything. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you. What are you yelling in a tomato can? What kind of phone you got up there? I got this stupid Apple Play on the on the car. I hate uh, it. Okay, so Chinese everything phone. that they've already done, everything they've already done, you forgot vice presidents in that list, and that's how they all got rich. You know, they're projecting all this stuff onto this president, and I just think that, like, we're always playing defense, which is so stupid. We should be playing offense. You, I wouldn't even be talking about impeachment. Let's just talk about all the corruption in the Democrat Party, including starting with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Well, see, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do equivocation. I don't, I, but see, you don't have to do equivocation, and if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to do equivocation, do it right. You have everybody's phone calls, right? They have the big secret server of every phone call that ever took place between him, between Donald Trump and every foreign leader. Release them and then release Barack Obama's and say, where's the difference? See, that's how you do equivocation. You don't do equivocation the way we're doing it on an echo chamber. The GOP are wusses and they would never do that. I would. But they would never do that. Tell you, they, don't play, they don't play the same dirty that the Democrats do. They just don't. I don't know why, but they don't. You're twice the man, Scalise, is, with half the curves. Thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. See what I did there? All right, let's see what Verlan is for Halloween. Verlan, what are you for Halloween, kid? Frankenstein. 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 That's who I am for Halloween. All right. You got a head for bolts, so I'll go with it. Go ahead. You know I do. I got a globe, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but what I called to say is, listen, he won't be impeached. 
This impeachment process, well, this impeachment inquiry is a farce. They're just going to drag it out as long as possible to try to make him look bad. He's going to win in a landslide. And I want to champion a new rally, a rallying call. Take the vote so you can show the charlatans that you are. I like take it. the vote. They won't take the vote. Well, they, 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 they voted, kid. They voted today. No, no. They voted on the formal inquiry. I'm you want the about. impeachment. Well, it, it's, but, but, but Verlon, I just listened to five shows coast to coast complain about the process when the reality is they're actually following a process. There's a discovery, then there's an adjudication, then there's a conclusion, then it goes to the Senate. So they just did where yeah. they took the depositions. They just took the information from the people who said, hey, I have evidence. There's some stuff going on. And, and, and you know what? Now let's see what it is, and let, I like the process, Verlon. I don't want to circumvent the process. I don't want to circumvent. Okay, but look what they were doing in the beginning. They were doing stuff in secret. They were already investigating them, but they were doing it quietly. Yeah. Then they, they 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 did it. They they kind of put it out in the open. But don't, but now don't, you, the third don't you think that's their job? Uh, Wait a minute, though, Verlon. Don't you think that's their job to a certain extent? I mean, that this is the checks it's, and balances. It, 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 Right, if you if you hear, well, yeah, if they formally do it, if they formally do it, cool, but not how they started well, doing it. I I, 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 don't, I don't know if I totally agree with that because here's the other thing: if the Republicans would have put up half the fight to Barack Obama as he was cutting deals with the unions, with carves out, out of Obamacare, with the lies and the manipulation, with the phone calls that must have taken place as he cut all these special interests out of the law he cast upon us like a yoke of tyranny, if the Republicans would have done that job, would we be here? I think the job as the opposing party is to constantly, to a certain extent, observe and harass, constantly fight, fight back. That's the system of government we're supposed to have. I like contentious government, brother. You realize the best well, thing. Look, in- who you had, look who you had in the power. It was Banger. He was the original deal cutter. Correct. So, so it was his flaccid response to Barack Obama's usurpation of power. Why we're here. So if if Trump is doing right, this will be the greatest win in history because he will be vindicated. I don't like how they're hiding by blaming the process rather than just saying this is what everybody did. Of course, he told the Ukrainian president, you better investigate and find out what's going on. There's obvious corruption that was happening there. Like we know this was all from uh, Peter Schweitzer's book. We knew that there was manipulation within these corrupt governments that were sympathetic and had an allegiance with the uh, American Democrat Party. We knew that. So he should come out instead of saying, I didn't do anything and the call was perfect. No, I said, if you want the money, then you better investigate these corru- this corruption you have in your own country. I don't see what the problem is with that. Me neither. I All don't right. either. But that's, that's I knew I'd win you over, Verlon. Thank you for calling the show. That's the real point. If you're if you're just and you're correct, don't hide. Don't, don't run in the closet. Have your mother go outside and say everything is great. No, 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 no. What happened? What did you do? I didn't do anything, honey. We were just a cup of coffee. We we're talking about expanding business. There's no fooling around in the car. You got to know how to fight the argument, man. Am I the only one that thinks like that? 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. Fat music in 
Drive Time Radio, bar none. Did you hear the kid who left? He goes, you know, you're real loud. Let's talk radio. What, you want me to whisper? You, what do you want, a dirty phone call? You want me to breathe into the mic? <laughs> of course they're loud. Not to mention, I have told you repeatedly, I do not want to go through another socialist. I can't do it. Problem is, when we have Republicans that make the old socialists look conservative, I got a problem. Um, but moreover, I really, really do think that sometimes the excuse is worse than the act. And I remember back to the Clinton impeachment. You remember that kid? You were a kid. You don't remember. Clinton's impeachment was... Lit- now, by the way, scumbag the tutte scumbag. And unless you live through the Clinton years, you really cannot appreciate the amount of, of just just notorious. He took the country and tried to make it like Chicago with the backroom deals and the, and the underhanded uh, cuts and the, 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 the contributions and the, all the just, just filth that went on. And then he molested the intern. But what he got, um, what he was actually convicted of was lying. Did you know that? He was lying. He was impeached because he lied to a judge. Rather than discussing the actions of uh, one Monica Lewinsky, who, by the way, went on to have a flourishing career and absolutely nothing, the poor thing, ruined her life forever. And here he is, Bill Clinton. Guess what he's doing? He's back out on the circuit with the Duchess of Chapington. He has the audacity to show his face after all that. And the people make no big deal about it. So the answer is, I guess there is life after scandal if you're a Democrat. But listen to what he said. This is yesterday. God, she may or may not ever run for anything, but I can't legally run for president again. Uh-huh. Thank God. But guess what he did? He did get his law license back. He, he actually rebounded from impeachment, but never forget what the impeachment was. I, I, I'm looking at um, Newt Gingrich, and they're asking him, you know, what do you think about impeachment? Listen, Newt was smart enough at the time to grab anything he could to achieve his goal. Newt was like a more masculine 300-pound version of Schiff. But he was just as tenacious, just as outrageous, and just as determined. The problem happens when the Republicans try to conceal and hide behind the process rather than discussing what happened. He didn't do anything that the others don't do. The problem is they want to protect that. They're, they are the, one thing Democrats are aware of, there is going to be life after Trump. They're sitting in the wings and they're waiting. And they don't want the process disturbed. I think that, that Donald Trump and the Republicans missed an opportunity. They could have kicked the doors open on this. They could have said, yeah, here are the phone calls I've had with everyone and here are the ones that Barack Obama had. Listen to them. Listen to how business is done. You like sausage, but you don't want to see how the sausage is made, huh? This is how the sausage is made. And that's the reality of it. But instead, they circle the wagons and they do this thing where they try to just get people to regurgitate the same talking points rather than think through the process. And that's all I want to do is think through the process. What is the allegation of what he did? Congress voted on on giving money to Ukraine. Ukraine, who has notoriously been riddled with scandal. Scandal. It is a, it is a KGB, strong-arm, oligarch-infested, corrupt country. 
before we get one more dollar, we should work on straightening that out. That should have been a bipartisan agreement. In fact, the irony here is what they're charging Trump with is something that they should be standing by. If you allowed an oligarch to buy off American favoritism by employing a vice president's kid, they should be outraged at that. And they should want that corrected. But instead, they did something very successful. They, they, they put a camp around their, their, their base of, of morons that follow them over a cliff, and they're just chanting the same thing, hoping to weaken the Republicans rather than fix the system. And the Republicans' rebuttal to it, I'm sorry, I think it's sad. Elections have consequences. Our fellow Americans use their vote to choose who will work for them. So I ask you all a simple question especially to my colleagues. Is that what is happening here today? Unfortunately, we've seen since the day that President Trump was inaugurated, there have been some people that made it public that they wanted to impeach him. We were so hurried to impeach this president, we don't really give a darn about the rules. Not because they're high crimes and misdemeanors, which is the constitutional standard, but just because they don't agree with the results of the 2016 election. See, now all that's right. Every single one of that is right. And now what is Donald Trump going to do about it? He's going to break the corrupt system we have in relations to foreign countries. In the way in which money is given, there is an innuendo of capitulation and cooperation with the party in charge. What I asked this country to do, who has a long history of corruption, was clean up their act before I give them the money. I think that would have been something that would have gotten more support than I don't like the process of discovery. It's too one-sided. The problem is we're taking our eye off the actual issue and following around Svengali's in a propaganda argument rather than sticking. This is the time you stick by Donald Trump. You're damn right he asked him to do that. You're damn right he told him clean up your country. And they should have. And Barack Obama should have done it. And George Bush should have done it. And everybody should do it. Before we have these underhanded deals. Before we have these packs run by creeps. Like Manafort and the Democrat. Washing, laundering money, buying American favoritism. See, that's the, that's the angle I would have taken. Donald Trump said you better investigate it. You better clean it up. And if your ambassador's got her hooks into that system, you better get rid of her too. I'm telling you, I think it's going to come back to bite him in the negative. And in the meantime, what it's going to do is it's going to tire out the people who are not like us, who are not up on every bit of news every day. The workers, the working people who go home and they're inundated with misinformation and false information. I mean, that's what we have. Just one constant propaganda. We're being bombarded with it. Rather than when you talk about what exactly happened, it's simple to me. Bill, what do you think? Hey, I think I, I think you're right on the money, Sean. But let's not forget that our own sack of Durbin was one of two other senators that sent a letter to the Ukraine asking them to dig up dirt on Trump. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, it's just a swamp. And Bill, don't if you- anything, Trump is... Don't Trump you think exposed the swamp for what it is? See, but here's the problem. Don't you think he should have said that? What do you mean? You've got senators, American senators, that
that have sent letters during my my uh, my run for presidency asking them to dig up dirt on me, a citizen versus then expose the dirt on who is already there. See, this is the problem. But I'm, I'm a little concerned that the Republicans are willing to sacrifice this issue to protect that system because it's within that system that the money is. It's always about the money. Always. You're talking big numbers here, kids. And before they let something break that apart, they're willing to sacrifice everybody. They're going to keep that money flowing. And that's the issue at hand. The problem is why have the Republicans focused on the process rather than the issue? It's like every good liar. Trip them up in the process rather than the actual issue at hand. Because if that was the case, I wasn't a Bill Clinton fan, but I completely understood why he cheated on Hillary, for God's sakes. I can't believe he went home. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. It could never go wrong with Ghostbusters, baby. A lot less problems in Illinois. The whole world, for that matter. Thought it was bad with the uh, Cold War. We got a hot war going on here. All right, let's go to the phone lines. John, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful, buddy. All right, good. Hey, I love your show. love to see you keep the spot. Two things. Uh, During the Russian probe, the Democrats were out consistently saying no one's uh, above the law. However, it seems shielding Biden and his son, not not letting them be, uh, you know, considered as lawbreakers. And two, when you had the lawyer on, uh, he talked about the Senate when they vote, the presidential contenders would be voting. They'd return and vote against the president. Yeah. It seems like that's the same thing that they're accusing Trump of in terms of, you know, uh, going against his main opponent. Well, yeah, I mean, to a certain well, extent, yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. Extent, yeah, I... Wait, why could I hear myself? I was funky. Thank you so much, uh, John, for calling. I, I actually agree with, with uh, uh, John a little bit, but I will say this, John, if you remember to uh, when I used to fill in for the other host that had the show very early on when Donald Trump hired Paul Manafort. I had said at that moment, Paul Manafort is linked to some very shady things that went on in Europe, particularly Ukraine. He was known as the torturer's lobby. And I said at that moment, you got to get rid of this guy. I don't know if you remember. You were probably not even listening. You are probably in college back then, my guy. Dolomite. So, uh, <laughs> so I knew, you know, I was I was hyper in, you know, about politics, and I wanted to always. I was optimistic. To me, it wasn't. Of course, the Democrats are wrong. They're socialists. To me, it was though about what can we do to prevent the implosion of the American government and the American system. And the way to do it is to restrain the dirty money in it. Because the way we lost Chicago, the way we lost Illinois, is we didn't restrain the dirty money in it. We allowed that to flourish, that corruption, that fraud, the honeypot for politicians. And then every once in a while in Chicago, it's getting more and more. You're just picking them up like they got Arroyo, the lobbyist. Well, he's a lobbyist. How do you let a politician or his family, a la Republicans and Democrats, whether it be... uh, uh, Durkin on the Republican side 
or uh, little Dick Durbin on the Democrat side whose wife's a lawyer. The other guy's got family lawyers. The wife's a lawyer. Arroyo is a lawyer. Stop that system. What can stop it? Getting PACs out of federal government. Stop the pay-to-play scheme on a grand scale. That's why this whole thing, quid pro quo. Who are you talking to? We're from Chicago. The whole thing is quid pro quo, baby. Of course it works like that. Fix it. I thought when Trump got rid of Manafort, I thought that was a very positive sign. I understand he made a mistake. Surrounded by scumbags. You're bound to trip over a mistake. Get rid of them. Get them out of there. Good job, boy. Now what happens? You're in Washington. You got how many lobbyists do you hire? You hired more than Obama. You hired more than Bush. What are you doing? This is the point of if we're going to fix it, you don't fix it by putting more restraints on us. You don't fix it by passing more laws and more spending and more credit, more cheap economic fraud. You do it by changing what the problem is. You rip out the core of it. It's foreign money and special interest money buying government. Period. End of story. This is a billionaire, right? If I'm, if I, I'm watching all this stuff and I believe it, he's not a politician. All right, you're the guy then, baby. You're the guy. You're the only hope we have to fix it. We watched Illinois. Can't be fixed, in my opinion. We're going to have a girl running for Congress. Hopefully she wins. Great. But you better have an exit plan in case she doesn't. Jim Oberweiss giving out candy, for God's sakes. You better have an exit plan. But when the federal government is corrupt, when the federal government runs on dark money and PACs and, and foreign governments buying Democrats and Republicans, because I am very uncomfortable with this Rudy Giuliani situation. Very uncomfortable going into an oil business. What are you, nuts? What do you know about oil? Pinky rings and, and, and prosecution. I thought that was your game. So if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. But somebody's got to stand up and reject it. That can only come from the party in power. That's why this was an opportunity here. This was an opportunity. It doesn't have to be lost. He can change the system. He can change the platform. But he has to do it on principle, not hiding behind procedure. 312-642-5600. Kids are too old now for the trick-or-treat. Not that I really partook that much. We used to take them to family. Got a couple creeps in the neighborhood. I don't want to take any candy from their house. I'm sure everybody else does, too. Um, and as much as it's terrible that it's 21 degrees tonight, are you kidding me? The part of me that always argues against the eco-Nazis, the Illinois frauds, as they try to tax us for breathing... I do love it when God gives them the finger. Oh, did you think it was getting warmer? Well, here, I'm going to make it colder than it was 130 years ago. Ta-da! How's your global warming now, dummy? Because God, you know what my opinion is? He looks like Charlton Huston, but he has the sense of humor of Don Rickles. There's God. I can't wait to meet him. Although, uh, I should say, I could wait. Um, so I have a little escape plan. We were going to talk to the Congress person run for Congress. We're going to effort to get her on the line. But um, as I was talking about in the very, very first segment, the, the repercussions and the ramifications of corrupt politics is what we as Illinoisans live through. We pretend that there's a solution, and maybe there is. I think it's going to be awful, awful hard. I think he, the most important part of government is Congress. That's why I always think it's very important. We have Jeannie Ives running, and we have this girl... Um, 
Caitlin Lauf, Catalina Lauf, running. And, you know, yeah, there's some hope. But I, I have to tell you, in a state like ours, where a uh, Underwood could win, Lori Underwood, who was a carpetbagger. Her mom and dad lived there. She didn't even live in the damn state. Her license is from Washington, D.C. She literally didn't live here. Comes back because she's in with the Democrat machine. Throws some posters up. And she's a congresswoman in a district that was always Republican. Now, Sean Gaston, the heiress to the green fortune, as I like to call him, his father's a scam artist with that green energy nonsense, wrote a book in the 90s, said that the whole world was going to end by 2012, said by the year, did you know this? This is Sean Caston's father. By the year 2006, you, you weren't going to be able to walk outside without a space suit on. How was he doing? The fact that this moron even shows his face outside is what's really embarrassing, let alone his kids, the congressman, for God's sakes, goes to show you that your Illinois voter, you're morons. Morons. You're just morons. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't have to worry about them listening to the show. Because they've got circus music in their head. They can't listen to a talk radio show. But your neighbor is an idiot. And the problem is, look who you're electing on the Republican side. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Because that's who I'm most disgusted with. Durkin with his big fat head. Coming out there complaining about a royal. Your whole family's lobbyists. Are you nuts? It's just sickening to me. Bill Brady, how many, how many video game rooms are they up to now? Ah, don't worry, we stopped counting after 10. The problem of why Illinois is in this predicament is the Republicans, they stink. They're in on the scam. So you need a whole new crop. Sean Caston, of course he was going to win. He was running against Kazoo. Remember that moron with the big head? In on every scam, never did anything. You were elected for 18, 16, 12 years. What good are you? He was part of the Boehner Congress, Peter Roskam. You're the dummy that made this happen because you're feckless and useless. That's what happens. The Republicans are feckless and useless. So it's time for a new crop. And that's why whether we get the girl today or we get her in the future. You're going to vote for Jim Oberweiss? He's been in government for how long? The wife lives in South Florida. His big accomplishment is raising the speed limit so he could get his big derriere to Springfield. Ooh, look at you. Real winner. Let's throw them all out. I'm dead serious about this. You're going to save anything. You start new or, or you take your dignity, you take your intellect, you take your property, and you go to a state you could save because you can't do it here because this is the implosion of a welfare state where it's better to work for the government than, than not. That's how you know, number one, you're done. You're done. When the government picks their fake, phony, magical math pensions and says no matter what, we're paying it off. When they won't even tell you, how could it possibly be doing so poorly when you have a parabolic stock market for 10 years? Why can't you fund the pensions? And the reality is because it was corrupt from inception. And these politicians were paid by the money bundlers to make sure it went through. And then make sure no matter how bad it did, you funded it. You, you pigeon, who's not in on the scam. And what happens to 50% of you? Vote for the Democrat. Morons. So at that point, it's time to have an exit plan. It's time to have an exit plan. Now here's the problem. 
you got to be careful where you go. Because see what Candace did? She went from here and they, they hired in, in Wisconsin. And they elected that idiot, uh, Orville Redenbacher, that, that socialist lowlife that he was running the public schools that failed. Now he's the governor. So you got to pick wisely. Because this is the reality of what we live in. It's the system itself that's flawed. It's the system itself that rewards failure, just like the Chicago public schools. It rewards failure. There are no consequences. Think about government and think about who inhabits it. This is what the beauty of Donald Trump is. He exposes the bureaucracies. He exposes the fact that it is the failures among us that inhabit government. Now, sure, some of them can part their hair to their side. They put on their extra portly Brooks Brothers suit and they get elected to office like Oberweiss. Well, what did you do? Dummy, what good are you? And you've had to have the audacity to run for a promotion. Gee, I was feckless and useless as a state senator. I should run for Congress. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And here's the Illinois machine right behind him. The kind who make sure there are carve-outs for families who are lobbyists, for wives who want to own video game poker and pot dispensaries. That's the Republican Party of Illinois. So maybe if you're in on it, listen, if you're one of these guys tooling around in your Cadillac, in on the scam, I get it, scumbag. Look at you. But if you're not, be aware of what's going down here. It's a failed, bankrupt system with no out. So when you see a conservative name, when you see an opportunity to shake things up, do it. Otherwise, you're going to be like those people in the 14th District who are victims and slaves to a corrupt system. Just hoping the pretend congressperson doesn't get you real good. I've had a good time today. Halloween extravaganza. We'll be back tomorrow. Slap and tickle Chicago drive time, 5 to 7. Looking forward to it.